Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. I'm your host, Chris Fuller. And I'm Tim. And I don't think so, Tim. And today's <laughs> episode, I'm Mark. we are going to continue on with our conversation on the marriage Ooh. series and talk about how to navigate through difficulties in a marriage. Are you ready for this important conversation, this thick, heavy conversation? Whether or not, let's go. Let's go. Well, Mark Timothy Hyde or Timothy Mark Timothy Hyde. Mark Hyde. You know how awkward that is Hi. when it's like, "Hi guys, my name is." Like, when I put the phone, "Hello, this is Mark." Um, we're we're, we're looking, looking for Timothy. For Timothy. Oh, that's yeah, me. that's me. That's my Wait, first name. I go by my middle name, and it's not even spelled the normal way. So thanks, mom. It's Timothy Mark. It's Mark boop, boop. with a C. That's why in all my social media handles, it's Tamak. T Mark Hyde. It's Tamak. It's it's to March. It's Tamak. Hyde. It's to March. Hyde. Tamak. Tamak. Oh, 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 the Tamak. That's kind of Jewish. Oh, he's look, he's Tamak. <laughs> I love it. Let's go by Tamak. Well, bro, so we were talking, right? Before we got this we, episode we were, started, right? You know what? I'm just going to do this. No, we're just oh, going to kill that dang, intro. We're going to kill the intro. That's terrible. We're going to kill the intro. We're just going to dive right into it. Because here's the deal y'all have waited a whole week for part two. And so we're not going to make you wait 20 minutes. No. We're just so, going to dive right. Well, let's do a quick refresh of what right. we talked about last week. Well, are we going to read a review or no? No review? Nah, boo boo. No, let's let's just jump in, man. We're really throwing them off. They're like, it's, "What is it's, this?" It's what also eleven oh three. It's late, and if we go an hour and a half, I'm not getting home till past twelve thirty. Yeah, so let's do so. a quick review, <laughs> right? So we're going to talk about how to navigate through difficulties in marriage. So last time we were together, so yeah, do a quick refresh on last week's adventure, marriage when times are tough. So well, last week we talked about our bathroom readings too. <laughs> we did. So we went through what a good biblical marriage looks like what right? it ought to look like what what, what, it, what it should look like yep and uh we had three points to that and we talked about uh couples helping each other or being helpmates uh being joined together by god and having defined roles as husband and wife but love should always be the center and then after that we dove into what can lead to a happy marriage this is where we spent a lot of time well when you bring 11 points bro 11 points point one i mean most pastors only have three points and they still yeah. preach for 15 minutes and you still don't know when it's going to end it was we brought 11 so we talked about the lack of commitment to a marriage infidelity mm. Mm. Constant conflict, mm -hmm. substance abuse, mm. financial issues, ching, ching. Unre unrealistic expectations, <laughs> stress and anxiety, <laughs> Ooh, busy, business, <laughs> lacking grace for each other. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> Lack of <laughs> sexual passion. I'm not doing my sound. I'll just go. <laughs> no, it's just a. Uh, and lastly, number 11, physical abuse. <laughs> So today we're going to really dive in headfirst into how do we navigate through these difficulties in the marriage. Don't ask me, boss. Don't ask. <laughs> don't tell. Anyway, so we're going to dive right into this. And uh, I wanted to start oh, this man. episode off with the Survivor's Creed by Max Lucado. Oh, I've never heard of this, I don't think. So this is the, uh, yeah. I mean, I know Max Lucado. This I mean, is, beautiful book uh, author. and Yeah, so I, I, really and liked, I really liked this creed here. And so I decided to throw it in there. It says, uh, you'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. Don't be foolish or naive. But don't despair either. With God's help, you'll get through this. Yo, I feel like we could have a whole sermon on that quote. Yeah. You know, because there's the reality of following Jesus doesn't mean the pain and the heartache is going to go away. Right. It doesn't mean it's going to be an easy road. 
hopefully it'll be a fulfilling road though. And so, so when it comes to that survivor thing is effective, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck, but we can do it. You Don't can get despair. It it's going to suck. It's going to hurt, but we're going to get through this. Yep. It's kind of like that constant ringing bell reminder of years of when, it, when, when the, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Right. So Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one says for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, which we kind of went over that two episodes ago. Yeah, we thought, we, That was coming up a lot. Even last yeah. episode, we brought it up. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So, uh, and then we got Romans eight, eight, uh, 18 says, for I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And Psalm chapter 34, verse 17 through 19 says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. One who is uh, one who is righteous has many adversaries, but the Lord rescues him from them all. So point number one. Oh, we got points. Point number one. Acknowledge that the reality of tough times exists. I feel like so First many people to want to ex- like ex- escape. I almost said escape, escape the hard times. You know, just follow Jesus and life will be easier. It'll, it'll, it'll do this, that, and the other. We want easy times, and and as Americans, you know, as or I should just say, as Western folk, as Western mm-hmm. people, uh, or not having to deal with poverty like so many other countries. Mm-hmm. If we are not comfortable, we think. It's just the worst thing ever. And, you know, there's so many times where we look at comfort, we look at um, safety and security as that's the end-all, be-all. Right. And sometimes it's so hard. And in in, in marriage, you know, the times are going to get hard. When you're experiencing death of a loved one, when you're experiencing loss of a job, or just dealing with internal conflict, like like someone's own, ang- or, or own anxiety, their own trauma is being brought in, or stress between the two. Yeah, just because you're married and God blessed it and God ordained it and y'all both love Jesus doesn't mean it's always going to be good or happy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just a fact, cold hard fact. So step number one in navigating is... Acknowledging that just acknowledge it. Tough times just, exist, just, and that's the thing is the fact of if you go to marriage thing, it's all unicorn rainbows. And I'll do Craig Rochelle's joke: sex two times a day and three times on Sunday. You're in for a very rude awakening. Yeah, because that's not the way it be. No. So sorry, um, if Elliot, if you're watching this episode, you probably should turn it off, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> or Ava, Daddy's going on a rant. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So point number two of navigating your way through a, a tough marriage right? Mm-hmm. Difficulties in marriage. Lean on God's strength Lean and wisdom. Lean on me. So, oh God. Lean on God. So this article, I, I'm just going to keep you on track and keep going through it. That sounds good. Let's go. Because uh, we got a lot of content. Yes, to sir. So uh, this article is called uh, Rose Vine Cottage Girls. That's awesome. But I loved what they had to say. So it says, we need to lean on God when life is overwhelming because he is our strength, our lifeline, and the one who directs our steps. We need to lean on him when we don't have the answers. When the mountain we need to be moved doesn't move. When the flood waters rise and there is no way out, we desperately need him. We need his presence, his peace. We need him to be our refuge and our shield when life is hard to get us through those days when we just want to give up. So we got to lean on God's strength and wisdom. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youth may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And Proverbs 3, chapter uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean 
not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Psalm chapter 33, verses 18 through 22 says, But look, the Lord keeps his eyes on those who fear him, those who depend on his faithful love to rescue them from the death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts rejoice in him because we trust in his holy name. May your faithless, faithless, faithful rest I'm sorry, man. I really jacked that one up, didn't I? Faith, may your faith staying quiet over here. May your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. So again, back to point number two to navigate through the difficulties in time is lean on God's strength and wisdom. Right. So one is acknowledging that that tough times are here, and hey, I'm just gonna I got to lean on God's. Not that's not all I got to do, but I got to lean on God's strength and wisdom because there's sometimes when I. I just don't feel like I can do it. And I'm faint and weary and I got to rest upon him and trust him that he's going to help me through this because I just don't know what else to do. I am helpless. I'm hopeless. And, uh, I, I don't, I'm at a loss of what to do. And, and, you know, these two points right here aren't just marriage related. I mean, no. these are anything related, 100%. anything like work, stress, families, kids, yeah. anything like this is where it comes down to. Yep. And this is where the beauty of having a connect small group, small individual lives. I know like when I was going through my crap, mm-hmm. it's very easy for us to be like Peter and, and just see the storms going around, mm-hmm. but you need some, and, and I'm not trying to equate you or Devin to Jesus where you pulled me up from it. Cause Jesus pulled me up, but we need it where, you know, when it's be, be, like two are better than one, because when right. one falls, the other can pick them up. And that's where the beauty of the Christian community comes in. Where the mm-hmm. fact of we can remind one another, well, you know, Bro, we didn't sign up for these time. I'm start. I, I just be like Job's like, the the before they all opened their mouths. But you know when they were quiet, when they were just, just quiet, just sat and just mourned right. and and with them with that. But also point back to and and not just give little comforting verses of like, remember God, we're talking together for good. My wife just bounced. Please don't say that right now. Like, but learning the fact of for you when you're going through hard times, the fact of we don't know. Let's just be honest. We don't know what's going on. It's kind of the fact that we don't know what's going on in the world, but we know the one who holds the world. Right. And and so when we're going through those hard times, these are just quick remembrance of yep. knowing we were never promised an easy life, nope. but we always are promised that God will be with us and he's in our, the hard time. And he's our refuge and our shield and yep. our place in time of trouble. Like that's, that's where we can be. That's the one person, even if everyone else forsakens us and nobody else wants to listen to, to us whine and complain, cause I do it a lot. <laughs> God's there for us, right? Yep. God is always there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is there in our time of need and our time of trouble. He's there. He's and, just always there. And so, you know, when we leave out of the, I would, I would call those uh, uh general truth of going through hard time. So when we're leaning specifically into marriage though, mm-hmm. when I talked about navigating the hard times of marriage, after we understand that it's, there's going to be hard times, we need to lead on God's strength when it does become hard times. What are some practical things we can do? I'm tossing you softballs for your points. I, I, I'm teeing I, you up. I, I don't want to be teed up. Fine, go ahead. <laughs> I feel so awkward. We didn't so, banter before this episode, guys. So, so, You're so, welcome. Uh, when t- <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean, so again, like you said, we, we, we acknowledge... We lean, and then now we get into the practical side of things, right? Yes, sir. And uh, one of the first things we do, or point number three in this aspect of things, is uh, we practice open communication. Mm, what's open communication, Fuller? 
I'm going to keep tossing you softballs, man. I'm too tired uh, to talk. So, uh, yeah. That's not true. <laughs> In order for a person to only speak edifying words, they must master the art of listening. Here are a few tips to aid in becoming a better listener. And this comes from Bible.org. All right. I probably should listen to this. So, number one, practice listening to what your spouse is saying. Mm. It has often been said uh, that God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we would listen twice as much as we talk. Yep. This is a wise principle in communication. We must practice listening. Something that will help with the practicing active listening or practice with this in is practicing active listening. We do not, uh, I'm sorry, man, I'm really screwing this up tonight. Uh, we do this by repeating what our spouse said in order to get confirmation. For instance, one could say, this is what I heard you saying. You feel neglected when I watch TV all night. Is this correct? By repeating, you get to clarify your spouse's words and intentions. You also show him or her that you are trying to understand which is uh, important in communication. So you're fight for clarity is what I call exactly. that. You're fighting for clarity. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So like, not like fight, fight, but you're fighting not, for not just parroting it back, but trying to really show that you're trying to understand what they're saying and where they're coming from. And if you're wrong, then they, it gives them a chance to correct you. Or maybe they said something, but it came across in a wrong way in a wrong manner. And so they can re clarify it for you. And that's that active listening principle. So principle number two is practice listening to what your spouse is not saying. Ooh, many times there is more communication by what a person is not saying than what is actually said. Communication is between 60 to 90% nonverbal. Sometimes just the fact that a spouse is quiet may say a great deal. It may say he is not feeling well or he has more to talk about. This is something a good spouse will learn to discern. Study your spouse's body language and tendencies in order to enhance your communication. Number three, practice listening to the Holy Spirit. God wants to give us wisdom to minister to the uniqueness of our spouse. He knows our spouse in a greater way than we do. Therefore, we should practice praying even sometimes during conversation so we can hear what God wants us to hear and say what he wants us to say. Uh, James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and he will be given to him. Now, this when they say pray, this does not mean stop listening to what your spouse is saying because you're praying. You should still be listening as well. But know, asking I, God I, I, to help I know, you. I'm, it, it's that reality of you know, praying for wisdom, focusing on what needs to be focused on, not responding in in anger, but right. trying to show humility in the restraint that we have. And, you know, if if we if we lean into not just what we always gut reaction want to do, mm-hmm. but say, all right, God, give me the patience to do this. Give me wisdom. Give me strength. Help me do this. Right. So that way you can hear what your spouse is trying to say. And even what they're not saying, like yeah. trying to, trying to, trying to Read fight the for body clarity language. with yeah, that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. I like so, it. So number four, practice speaking less. Of course, in order for a person to clearly listen to his spouse and God at the same time, he must learn to talk less. Smile more. 
Don't let them know what you're against or what you're for. <laughs> Solomon, said, Solomon said this in Proverbs. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. That's Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. In many relationships, people talk way too much and therefore listen too little, which leads to constant arguments. James said we should practice, and this comes from James 119. My dear brothers and sisters, take, for, or take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. And speaking of anger, Ephesians chapter four, verses 26 through 27 says, in your anger, do not sin. Mm -hmm. Do not let the sun go down on you uh, while you were still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. So when you're being slow to speak and slow to anger and quick to listen, you're less likely to get angry and sin <laughs> because again in proverbs chapter 10 in the multitude of words sin is not lacking see how this all plays yep. in and spirals in together so and so when you practicing yeah. open communication learning to listen learning to read body language learning to get that clarification asking god and the holy spirit for guidance and how you should respond taking a step back and and really thinking before you speak these are the principles that help and opening up that communication and bringing a safe space for you and your spouse to communicate in a healthy way. And I think leaning into that also, and they don't talk about this, but finding the best time to communicate as sure, well. Yes. Like right before dinner might not be the best time. Right before someone's about to fall asleep, not might not a good be time. a good time. And so now granted, you can't always have an excuse to be like, oh, well, I'm always tired. We just right. never a good time to talk. That's, that's no, come on. Yep. But there is the level of, you know, we need to be willing to have open communication in terms of if something's, like, if something's bothering Beth, I want her to be able to say, this is bothering me. And then I need to be willing to listen. And if I need to have a conversation about it, you know, there's also a level of like, I like if Beth is on, like, you know, if Beth is trying to deal with Lennox and all this kind of stuff, that's probably not the best time for a good conversation. So right. You need to be wise and tactful when yep. you do that. And you don't want to say, hey, I got something we got to talk about later. And then bounce like that. Pff, don't be putting that over people's heads either. Right. But in marriage, you know, so many problems come because of like what we said, unrealistic, but also unspoken expectations yep. as well. And if things remain unspoken, it can let things fester up and cause you to grow bitter and cause you to disdain that person when in reality you just need to talk about it yep. and there are sometimes that beth and i will say to each other hey i just need like I, I just need to get this out of my head mm -hmm. whether it's right or wrong i just gotta get out of my head and it's normally not at the person normally it's an inanimate thing right but you know if we have given each other space to do that i i think yeah that that's that's a great step in that that relationship of if you're trying to fight for your marriage you got to fight to have the opportunity to to be able to talk in a safe, open spot. So yeah, yep. I like it. Yep. I like it. What else we got, big All guy? Right. So so having that good open communication. Next would be uh, we have to learn when we're navigating through uh, difficulties in time to extend grace mm. and forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have any grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And Ephesians 4.32 likewise says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. Now, here's where the flip side comes in. And I'm going to read this article, this little quick snippet by Dr. Greg Smalley, who's the vice president of marriage at focus on the family. He writes about forgiveness, uh, forgiving your spouse. And he says this forgiveness is not a one-time event. It is a process. This is, this is where it gets interesting. So it's not like, Oh, I just 
total or your, your spouse just totally did something to you and you're like, Hey, I forgave you. And then that's it, right? It's a process. Cause you've got to process through it. And sometimes it takes that communication, but too often we hear some version of if he really forgave me, then why, uh, then he would be over this by now. But I said, that's exactly what I was just thinking. I'm, I'm scrolling yep. through your notes being like, yep. I don't want to jump forward too yep. much, but nope. that's my thought. Yeah. So, so, but I the, said, I'm sorry. That's my yeah, kid's exactly. favorite thing Jeez, to say. Come on. I said, I'm sorry. Why can't you just get over it? But the, uh, but that simply is not realistic. We shouldn't expect immediate healing or instant forgiveness, especially if we've done something extremely hurtful. Trust can takes forever to build up, yep. but very quick to lose. Yep. Your spouse will not get over the hurt right away. It takes time. Mm. The pain of some hurts uh, never fully go away. An event may spark an old memory and the pain may return with it. We think this is one way in which God keeps us humble. It's hard to get overconfident about our emotional or spiritual maturity when we remember how things used to be. We need to dispense with the belief that once we say those magic words, I forgive you, all the pain and hurt instantly disappears. Forgiveness is a process and only by going through it can we begin to heal. And so how do we forgive, right? If, if that's the, if, if, if forgiveness is a process, mm-hmm. right. And it's not an instant, I forgive you. And it's and that emotion is gone. Right. Well, we need to really dive into what does forgiveness look like and how do we, how do we go about doing this process and working through this process? Because it is important. It's not, it's an un, un, uh, unrealistic expectation. If you hurt it's your spouse, unrealistic. that, that they're going to instantly forgive you and things could go back the way they were. But it's the same for friendships, any type of relationship. It's it's the same thing for it. That takes time to rebuild trust, to work through issues, and, and to go through the whole forgiveness process. And there's a time of of, of like a proving ground, like to right. make and, sure and, that it's not going to happen. And again. reconciliation isn't just uh, oh you know oh we made up so now we're friends now. Yeah. But reconciliation and it's not like okay prove it to me how much you love me. But there there has to be a level of. I'm willing to have be, be I'm willing to be humble myself and be humble enough to go what do you need from me to gain my trust yep. back? And hopefully your spouse is honest enough to say like this is what I need from you. Yep. So let's get into this, uh, how, uh, how to forgive. When you choose to forgive your spouse, Jesus offers his strengths, you won't face it alone. So let's 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 dive into this. Number 1, start with prayer. Right? When you're going to do the forgiveness of somebody, <laughs> Make sure Jesus is involved because it's going to take Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so start with prayer. Jesus, I'm not sure how to forgive my spouse. Help me start this process because I can't do it alone. You've forgiven me, and now I'm asking for your grace to forgive. Number two, be honest about the pain, right? Don't don't stuff the pain down. Or just like, oh, I forgot you, so I don't have to worry about the pain. Be honest with the pain. Your spouse caused pain, deep pain. Be honest with yourself about the pain your spouse has caused. Take time to mourn the brokenness. In Psalm 69, David opens his heart to God and shows him the depth of his pain. He said this, I am suffering and in pain. Rescue me, O God, by your saving power. That's Psalm 69, 29. Mm-hmm. Sometimes being honest about the pain means seeking help from a Christian counselor, pastor, or mentor. Find someone who can help you process the pain and then help you start the forgiveness and reconciliation process. Number three, admit or admit you feel helpless and vulnerable. You've experienced real pain and brokenness. You don't want to reopen your heart to fear of being hurt again. Mm-hmm. This is a huge thing right here. Yep. In a sense, you've built a fortress around your heart to protect it from pain. Unfortunately, those walls you've erected from protection can block hope and healing. Admit the pain and then invite God into it. Ask him to show you 
who to trust, and how to begin caring for the person behind those walls yourself. So I want to pause right here because there's some instances where it's not safe to trust again. Forgiveness is one thing, but trust is another, right? Right. So if if you were a um uh, if you and I were together and you I'm not <laughs> sake of example, folks. Sake, sake for example. Exactly. If okay. Ma- if Mark was a girl, we'll start there. If Mark was a girl and I was a guy. Why is it always gotta be that example? <laughs> if I was a girl and Mark was a guy. <laughs> but, but anyway, so 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 we together and then you do something. If, if you it, it, mm, if mm, you if you do something. If you if you do something. Okay, if I <laughs> If I were a drug addict and I go, oh, oh. I did drugs and I'm ruining our, if I'm, I've wiped out our savings and, and I, in, my, in wiping out our savings and you're like, we're, we're homeless now. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Marky Mark. I'm sorry. Marky Mark's what my kids call him. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Marky Mark. I'll never do it again. And like we halfway recover and then I do it again. It's going to be harder to earn back that trust. And I do it again and again and again. And the habitualness, or I think about, about like a spouse in an abuse situation mm-hmm. who smacks around his spouse or her spouse and like, oh, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again. And then it happens again and again and again. It's not safe to trust. It's not. Forgiveness can happen. Forgive but, and forget is not a Christian thought. No, well, God forgives and then chooses to a, forget and cast them into the east as far as the east from the west it, because of the blood that Jesus did. But we exactly. still, we still got to deal with consequences 100%. from our actions. So, so when when you're in that situation, you have to you have to know who you can trust, and, and you got to ask you got to ask God to show you who to trust in that situation. Can this person be trusted? Because you can forgive, and sometimes you just gotta literally forget and walk away like there there's certain aspects of that uh in a marriage it's a lot harder to do and i would Mm. say um there's only certain circumstances where i would say yeah it's okay to get yourself out of that situation and and a lot of times a lot of these issues that someone keeps asking for i mean you don't just wake up i mean well maybe you do but you normally don't just wake up one day and find yourself homeless because you've been strung out on drugs for right when like Whatever. Normally, it's a lot of times when the struggle in marriage with forgiveness comes with like constant repeat, constant falling back into porn, falling right. back into drugs or alcohol. It's or, habitual. Or, or honestly, TV, games, yard, whatever, yep, whatever you can be is. addicted to, or mm-hmm. anger, or, or or whatever. And it, it seems like the the person who is the are uh, the offender is always like, well, why can't you just forgive and just move on? I already right. said I'm sorry, which we talked right. about. But you know, there there is a level of for the person who was the offendee party or offender, uh, sorry, there's got to be a level of humility of like, man, I, I really screwed up and I am sorry. Right. And there's got to be that level. And what we talk about is what what is real repentance? Real repentance is saying, I screwed up. I'm done. I messed up. Turn around and walk the other way. Yep. And so part of reconciliation isn't just, and this is what we tell our kids is the fact, the, oh, I'm sorry. And like I've said so many times, to be honest with you, sorry is not enough well, because you've said sorry the last ten times. You gotta if you really are sorry, right. You're gonna do something about it. Well, that's what I tell my kids. I said repentance means I'm sorry and I'll try to never do it again. And, and yes, we like, are gonna mess up. And yes, yeah. you know Jesus calls to forgive because seven you don't, times. You seven, don't want to give ex- unrealistic expectations in the forgiveness process, but they have to understand the offending party has to understand that there's trust that's broken, and I have walls up right now, and it's gonna take time and proof. 
for them walls to come down and for that trust to be restored. As, That's called reconciliation. Yes, and as part of the person who is doing the forgiving, and you said it, it's okay to admit that you feel vulnerable. Like, you know what? Right now, I, I don't trust you. Right, 100%. And, and I forgive you. I love you. But there's no trust in this right now. But you need, or, or or whatever whatever you're feeling in that that emotion you because to, your emotions, honest emotions, aren't a bad thing. It's right. what you do with them. But you need to admit to yourself that you feel vulnerable and helpless. And then if if it is a reconciliational relationship or spouse relationship, you need to share that that hey, this is where I'm at. This is that mm-hmm. open communication of hey, you need to listen. This is where I'm at. I've got walls and I can't trust you right now, and that's going to take time. And that's that showing the vulnerability a little bit there. Yep. So, all right, number four, take responsibility for your fears, pain, and feelings. Hmm. This means learning how to care for your heart, your personal well-being. It means finding fulfillment in Christ and letting him define your worth. This is where, like, I think of the emotional, spiritual, mental abuse that goes on of you're nobody, you'll never be anything without me. You need to take responsibility for those, th- those fears that you have of all that or maybe becoming that. And find your identity in Christ and let him define your worth and not somebody else and not uh, an abusing spouse. But likewise, you have to, in that in that reconciliation or navigation through it all, you need to understand that if there is a, a truly repentant spouse in a situation trying to go through that reconciliation part, that their identity is also in Christ at that time, and we need to view that as well and understand that though we have may have fear and and we have the pain and the feelings, we need to take responsibility and own those that that's ours, and we can't project those onto the the other person, the other spouse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number five, see the hurt and pain from God's perspective. God never wastes pain. Just look at Joseph's story in the book of Genesis. Joseph's brothers sold him in slavery because they were jealous. Yet God redeemed Joseph's story and set in motion a chain of events to place Joseph in the right place at the right time to save lives during a famine. Joseph recognized God's works. You intended harm to, uh, you intended harm to me, he told his brothers, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God redeemed Joseph's pain. He can redeem yours as well. So mm. just because there's pain doesn't mean mean you're broken forever it doesn't mean god's done with you yet right exactly god it's god works things out right he does he really does right and and you're going through a time and a season right now of pain and brokenness but god can god can redeem that god can redeem that and do something beautiful with that story yep and there's even that verse i think it's in isaiah where it's uh, the fact of when i'm in the fire he is there when i'm in the floods he's there i mean it kind of reminds me of the one song i mean uh, from from hillsong uh, there's someone in the fire standing next to me. There's someone in the water holding back the sea. Mm. And if I ever need remind, and I love the way they do the song. If I ever need reminded of how um, how I've how how then is how how I've been set free. But if I ever need reminded of basically how you love me, how you set me free, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, talking about you know there's a tomb that holds no body. There's a cross. There basically it goes through the gospel narrative of mm-hmm. if I ever need reminded of how much you love me, I remember that Jesus came, that Jesus died, that Jesus rode again, that Jesus is coming back, right. and there's that reality of in the hurt, God may not take away the hurt. We might not get answers. And right. I'm thinking of a spouse who has been utterly betrayed, sure. and the fact of God never promises that it's going to all the pain and hurts can be gone, nope. but He promises to be with us in that pain. And for someone who has like the little offenses, you know, we can do the fact of like. You, 
my stupid husband can never put the forks in the stupid silverware drawer, right? No matter how many times it's true, he can never load the dishwasher. No matter how many stupid times I tell him to do it, this stupid idiot husband that God gave me, but he can't load a stinking dishwasher. Like, I'm sure my, my wife said that about me a few times. I'm sure, I'm sure. Beth said that about me too. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, when we see it from God's perspective, it's like, right. is that worth the argument? Is right. that worth the fight? And, you know, we do so many petty things for God too. And thankfully that God still calls us his children. And right. if we if we really, and this is where it goes back to, if we really are committed to our vows, so far what we've read, you know, if we really are committed to our vows of we're married before God before God and before man and our partnership is this, mm -hmm. that yes, we want to have a God honoring man. Just start with God. Be honest about the pain, having unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. and talking through it, but also not being scared to just lay on the table of like, this is how I feel in this because right. you're having this vulnerable moment. And yes, there is some responsibility of, yes, I need to choose to respond to this in the right way because we all have different ways that we respond to it. Sometimes we shut down. Sometimes we lash back. Sometimes we fight back. Sometimes we use our words. Sometimes we're mean, vicious, ugly, whatever. We need to make sure that we keep ourselves in check. Uh, and that's what I think it means by take responsibility for it. But then, yeah, see the pain hurt from from God's perspective. But I feel like, and I'm looking at the notes, this number six one where it says mm -hmm. release the offender from ever making it right again, mm -hmm. which to be honest with you, I don't like that one. Yeah. I don't like that one because right. forgiveness is basically saying you owe me a debt and I'm not going to make you own up to it for it. Right. So, yeah, I you mean, know? and that's exactly what it's talking like, about. It's vengeance it's, is mine. It's basically like, saying you know? that the, their response is between them and God and, and let him take care of it. And your role is to work through the, the steps of forgiveness and leave the outcome to God and be like that. That's, that's forgiveness, right? Is that it's for you. It's not for them kind of thing. Like it's so you can let go and let God, I know that's a, very it's not one of those like, like you hear about a lot of times in these these in sad realities these 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 sad sad stories of oh he said he would never do it again she said she never right. you know like like honestly like I think of the Josh Duggar situation and mm. that whole scandal yeah and his wife still to this day stands beside him and says oh I can't mm. believe he did Josh would never do it and we're all like yeah. Okay, I mean, it's all over, but yeah, like, most people may not who, know who the Duggars are. I don't and, know if they watch shiny oh, well, happy he, people. Or, or he just messed up, and he's okay. Yeah. He's apologetic. He's sorry. It's okay. like the reality of like... So, but that's the thing, right? Is is that <laughs> naturally, naturally, right? We want to see justice done. Right. We want to see justice done, and God says, well, no, vengeance, vengeance is mine. mine. I will repay, says God. That, that's what he says, so leave it to him and, and let him take care of it, and that's the relationship between him and or them and God, we have to worry about what the relationship between us and God. And but, that's But where if we, we also see the reality of, you know, we can do the same thing. We can have the same effect. That's where that whole idea of extending grace and forgiving, because God says, forgive as I've forgiven you and forgive right. others as you would want them to forgive you. Right. Which is kind of the same as do unto others as he would have them do unto you. Mm -hmm. So as we're looking through these hard times with marriage so far, you know, we've leaned into the fact of what Le can cause unhealthy marriage. So when you get into there, you have to acknowledge that tough times just happen right number two lean on god's strength and also lean in his wisdom practice open communication we all talked about extending grace and forgiveness then we talked about making sure we forgive yeah, in that and what forgiveness looks like yep what else we got so now we're going to talk about you need to this seek some deep stuff bro you need to seek wise counsel right Ooh, okay so during when you're navigating tough or difficult times in a marriage you should always seek wise 
not unwise, wise counsel. So Proverbs 15, 22 well, says... Well, don't go to the ding-dong on the corner. Right. says, plan, <laughs> plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, for the lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 says, how happy is one who does not mm. walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, he his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. So when it comes to the counseling, there is unwise counsel mm-hmm. and unwise counseling situations. I don't get the okay, so unwise counseling situations. We're going to define okay. the two, all right? So unwise counsel would be counsel that deviates from the law of God, and in regards to marriage, marriage counsel, it is counseling that undermines or contradicts the biblical design of marriage roles aka no honey you can do whatever you want and say whatever you want you don't need to be honoring to your husband at all and you don't need to blah 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 or it's like like, it's that, like, like your bad. work that if he really loved you he would yeah all, all these different things think of or think of like um or if you're a good wife you just sit down and shut up like like these are bad advice yeah yeah or, or just take it just yeah just take that beating and you know it's it's for the lord you know you'll win them over like that's bad advice that's mm-hmm. unwise counsel and that's why it's so important and, and here's the deal too when we talk about friends you know you want to surround yourself with friends where when these times come they'll point you in the right direction because right. it talks about the fact of don't sit basically it's like don't just be chilling with people that ain't going to encourage you to do the right thing and i think with our situation i remember like you and i would sit down you would say you 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 said things that were hard to say but they were truth it wasn't unwise it was wise counsel it's just sometimes wise counsel can be hard to hear 100 because it's not always what we want to hear right. either you know right. so just because we it goes against what our native native thought goes doesn't mean it's unwise it just could mean that we we got some mess up thinking in that but you know what yeah, we, we at the end of the day, like if if we are sitting with people who don't honor marriage, who mm-hmm. or let's be honest, like don't take marriage advice from someone who has a bazillion failed marriages, right. like that might be a sign, right? Of you might not want their advice. Yep. So the next one, unwise uh, counseling situations could occur even when the biblically sound of, uh, advice is being given. The right advice could be given in the wrong ah, venue. Okay. So this would be like, okay, if I was going to get advice from a female in her house alone that's the wrong venue definitely that's the wrong venue because exactly the temptation is there so we have to be careful on who we ask for counsel from and what situations we're getting the counsel in it needs to be done in the right aspect in both areas so uh once the decision is made to seek the assistance of like counseling like finding a counselor or an actual like getting actual counseling from a, a licensed professional. The next few steps can be dis, uh, be discouraging if one is not prepared. The following tips, these are tips from uh, Focus on the Family. So many knows, bro. We got to yeah. keep them all straight. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. The t- uh, these are tips uh, that may help in finding and selecting a counselor or a mental health professional to work with during these times of navigating um, – through through all this marriage so number uh tip number one and this is like always number one it should always there be number be one on, on christians There's a trend yeah number one is pray right so beginning the work of counseling or uh, psychotherapy is a big commitment to, for you and for the professional in much the same way as one might pray for god's direction in finding a church home when moving in to a new community or praying for the right teacher for your child at school. Asking for God's guidance and provision is the right place to begin when seeking a counselor or a therapist. Mm. Tip number two, talk to someone you know who has gone for counseling or psychotherapy. Uh, In many cases, the best suggestions 
about who is good in our community are from trusted friends and family who have been in the same situation themselves of trying to find a good counselor or therapist. These individuals can give firsthand observation about a professional and what to expect, and they are giving a client's perspective, which may be the most important. So tip number three, talk with someone who regularly refers to counselors and mental health professionals. Uh, pastors, physicians, nurses, attorneys, and school teachers are good places to start. These professionals interact with counselors and mental health professionals on a regular basis and are in good position to know who is has a good reputation in the community. A good professional reputation is very important and professionals who do not have good reputations should be considered with caution. The informal grapevine is not full, foolproof, but depending on the community, word of mouth may be a very good indicator of who does good work with people. Also, I would like to add in there like Google reviews, Yelp reviews. You can kind of get a vibe from some of them going on. Now, the, mm-hmm. there's there's trolls out there. We know there's trolls out oh, there. Oh, for sure. But if you don't have a friend or a family member that's been through something like this or gone through a therapist or gone to a counselor before and you're looking... Um, there are other sources out there. I know Focus on the Family can help tie people in. I mean, here in Michigan, I mean, I know I know some good ones. Pastors are a good resource to ask for if they know of anybody. And because the other they thing, may too, have worked with people before. Like, based on what's, I mean, there's so many different scenarios that can cause issues where you're like, I need, we need marriage counseling or therapy or whatever. You know, there's also, based on people who have gone through it, you know, right. they can also help you say, like, you know, these are things that I noticed that I wasn't a big fan of, or this was a red flag for that counselor. And, and so it's one of those things where it's like, now this is not supposed to be a gossip sesh, right. like in terms of like, oh, this person did this and this and this. It's right. more the fact of like, look, I'm struggling. I need some help. I know you went and saw this counselor. W- was it worth it? Were right. they good enough? Right. Was she helpful? Was he helpful? Was was 100%. the office good? Like, and, and Or sometimes you just got to do what you got to do and this just starts somewhere. sometimes it's trial and error with it yep. you know oh i want one session and nope it wasn't a fit and go to the next one so uh number four don't waste your time with people who are not properly credentialed <laughs> right yep. so this is a bartender big, this is a, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah hey how uh, what can i get for you today i'll take a whiskey on the rocks and let me tell you about my life problems uh once you have a name of a professional do some research and determine whether they are licensed or being supervised by a licensed mental health professional if you have health insurance, contact customer service rep- representation and determine if your professional you are considering is covered a covered provider. There is a reason why someone must have a license before collecting money for providing counseling advice. To be a licensed professional, uh, I'm sorry, to be licensed, a professional must complete a course of graduate study from an accredited institution and have completed literally thousands of hours of supervised experience in their field of mental health or counseling. The licensing laws are there to protect the public from frauds, charlatans, and other sometimes well-meaning individuals who are trying to circumvent the law and make a living giving advice and guidance without appropriate training and supervision. Such people can do a great deal of harm to an individual, marriage, or family. Sadly, unlicensed individuals Mm -hmm. provide counsel are most common in church settings, so Christians beware. And this is very, very true. Yep. Just because they have the title pastor doesn't necessarily mean they're equipped to deal with certain situations in counseling. And, you know, coming from the pastor chair, I think the biggest fear I always had when counseling people is just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm an expert in this field. Exactly. And yes, I'm your, well, I'm, I was one of your pastors, sure, 
but that doesn't mean I'm here to walk with you down the road of all this thing. Now I can, you know, I, I can listen, I can give some good advice based on here's what the sure. Bible says, yep. but I'm not a therapist. Right. And, and, you know, Beth and I were actually talking about this the other day where, you know, like going through all the stuff that we have, uh, we have had, when you look at who Beth and I have used in the past, right? So Beth still, she's, I mean, she's, she saw her way before Beth met me. So it ain't me that got, I mean, I, I, I've caused a lot of issues too, I'm sure. But like Beth has a therapist, right? Like a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. Like I forget her name, but she, I mean, she's a Christian. She loves Jesus. She loves Beth. She loves our marriage. She loves our kids. And I, I, I feel like Beth has been with her like five years, but, but she is a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. I did not have a therapist. I had a counselor. Right. And they are very, very different situations based on what they need. And they both do different things. So there's sometimes when people who, to be honest with you, because of their trauma and their past or whatever, you don't need a counselor. You need a therapist. You need a therapist. Because a therapist's job is to help you go back and track through the past to be like, okay, and not, not to blame it. But to figure out, okay, and, but more the this fact This trigger of, comes from here, and this trigger comes from this point. Exactly. And, okay, so let's work on what it can be when these things come up to make sure that things are okay and work through the problems of the yep. past so they don't affect the future. Whereas right. a counselor more so looks, okay, here's what we're currently going through. And and, and, and and obviously, I mean, if Neil still listens to this, bro, you're still my hero. But but yeah. Neil did a lot of therapy sessions with me. Don't get me wrong. Right. But the idea with counseling is more so, okay, here's what we are going through right now. Here's what the Bible says about it, and they more so, the a, a therapist is less of a walk alongside and more so work with you while you're with them, and then you have homework, and that's it. Where the therapist tends, to, or a counselor tends to, more so help point you in the right direction and walk with you for a little bit. And I feel like there was a season there where Neil had to literally hold my hand and walk with me for a while, right? And then he grabbed mine and Beth's hand and walked with us for a little while, and then at some point, I mean, the counselors let you go, right? And, and they were with us, and Neil was for a long season, and I'm eternally grateful for that man and for his ministry. But counseling is different than therapy, and I think one of the big steps with marriage is figuring out, do you need a therapist or do you need a counselor? Because right. a lot of times they go to counselors and, and go, man, that person sucks. No, and, you needed a therapist, well, and not the, a counselor. The other thing you need to ask is, is it do I need individual therapy or counseling, or do we need married couple therapy and counseling yep. or or, I mean, and and, and there's so. be sometimes where people would sit at my desk and I'm like, oh, so y'all wanted to meet so you can tell me how bad your spouse is. Yeah. And that's not rather yeah. than working on yourself. And, and I don't want to get down into the weeds too much about the sob story because this is this is this whole episode is very heavy on my heart, too. So I don't want to turn mm-hmm. this into the different things. But when we come into, you know, act, actually going for help, there's the level of figure out the type of help you need, right? Like right. if you're in an abusive situation, that is not a, oh, we're going to marriage counseling, go to someplace safe and y'all can figure it out. Yeah, and- but if we're dealing with, okay, this person is having tough, tough, tough money issues, that could also be a different conversation versus like we're having communication issues. This right. person was a, I know people like this, they were a legit hardcore army vet. Mm-hmm. They lost their friends over in combat. Mm-hmm. They've been blown up themselves. PTSD. They got PTSD yeah, right. so bad, but you still love them to death. But right. you know, but if you're trying to go to marriage counseling to fix your spouse, you're never going to fix anybody. The spouse has to be willing to make those steps on their own. And that's where extending grace and mercy and forgiveness and having these conversations and praying for your spouse and trying to work together through those because times are hard, man. Heck yeah. Times are really hard. Yep. So, I mean, uh, you know, I would really encourage anybody, don't just go get Sarah Joe to come give you counsel. Like we talked about, there's there's wise counsel, there's unwise counsel. And, and sometimes 
there's certain situations like Mark with with you and I that it's like, all right, I'll I'm I'm here as more of a cheerleader and saying, hey, you know, this is what the Bible says, and I'm trying to encourage you, but I am not your counselor. I am not your therapist. That that is not me. That's not my position. We've had some good therapy sessions, had, though, man. Well, but you're a good listener. We we have good talking sessions, yes. But I wouldn't say, oh, well, I'm your therapist, and you know. Let's have a therapy session, or I'm your counselor because I'm not. Tra- Again, like you said, I'm not trained in that, right? I, I I can give you as a friend. Hey, this is my friend opinion, and and, <laughs> and, and I will say that was one thing I was very thankful for you about. And there were times like when when like you know, in, in the midst of the divorce, but like Mark, you're you know that's that's playing with fire, Mark. That's a stupid decision, Mark. You probably shouldn't do that. You probably should do that. Yeah, that's a good idea, right? And so there there were level of, but I also surrounded myself with a community of right. you with Devin with Neil with Pastor Scott was like I had I had a group of group of guys yeah. who were teaching me or not teaching me, but more so the fact of like we gonna get through this. It's gonna sure. be I like we gonna sure. be okay. And you can do that, and 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 that's totally acceptable to get counsel. But I I you also did something too. You went and saw. Neil, a counselor on top of it all. And you it, knew I didn't want to be there. It was, it was, <laughs> it was him. And then you got counsel from other people, but you always bounced it off of your counselor yep. too. I mean, but, but even that was here, your sounding board, but even here right now, you know, like with Beth and I, when we have our struggles, like in, in, I, I mean, I'm sure she blows me up to her counselor when, when I'm doing stupid stuff, sure. but I also know that her counselor is for our marriage. Right. And when I talk into you, I also know that you are for mine and best marriage. Right. When I talk with Devin and Kathleen, they're for our marriage. Right. It's not one of those things where, you know, I'm talking with you and you're like, bro, you got to get out. You are better than that. You are worth it. You're no, these different yeah. things. They need to do this and they need to. Now right. you would say like, you know, well, maybe yeah, sure, but what are you doing this real? Right. That was the one thing that I hated you for. Where you're always like, "But what are you doing about it, Mark?" I'm like, "Shut up, Fuller. I don't want to do nothing about it." You know what I mean? So, but but there is I like a level cultivating of, the spiritual side of it. That's, that's what I like to do. But it's true. But but that's but, but but going back to what what David said in the Psalms just a little bit ago, where it's like, "How happy, blessed is the man who walks not in the advice of the wicked, or right. stands in the pathway of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scorners or mockers, but his delight is in the Lord's instructions and meditates on it." And what did you do? You constantly pushed me to that. And that's where, you know, in marriages, that's why it's so important to be okay with cutting the old ties of people who are trying to destroy your marriage or people who are trying to not encourage you in their marriage. Or, you know, if you're a marriage person and they're constantly, you know, just chipping at your spouse, constantly degrading them and throwing shade and throwing, you know, dirt at at their mud. (laughs) They're throwing shade all day, baby. You got to put, you know, they want to put them shades on the sunglasses. Wait, hang on. What? Dad, that means that they're you know not they're they're, they're mud slinging. They're, they're yeah they're they're mud raking. They're mud we, mud yeah. raking. I know mud slinging. I don't know mud, mud raking. Mud raking. They're they're digging up junk to throw at you. It's like a presidential thing where they're like, well, I've oh, so so mud this. slinging. Well, it's a it's a it's a uh, report, they dig it for skeletons. It, it's a reporter term. It's called uh, mud raking. Yeah. Anyways, but but you know so so that's why it comes to the part of when we're seeking out good advice and good counsel. The first thing you got to do is you know marriage is going to get tough. So when it's good. You got to make sure you're surrounding yourself. And even though you, you know, you could be friends with people in the church, that doesn't mean you got to be close with everybody because they sure. might not necessarily be the best person for the sure. counsel and for the advice. And I would say never, never just take the counsel of one, right? <laughs> get, get several opinions, but then if it's a bad situation, it's one thing if it's like, oh, I got this 50 extra bucks. Where should I spend it? Hey, Mark, where should I spend this at? Hey, so-and-so, where should I spend it? And that's, that's one type of you know, 
Okay, that's some counsel you probably don't need to go see a therapist <laughs> about, okay? Right. You can probably ask your buddies and ask your wife on that one, but uh, or, hey, what should I get my wife for Christmas? You know, you you don't need to go see a, a counselor or a therapist for that, or you shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to. Say. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you know, there's counsel. You, you get There's counseling situations that you don't need a licensed therapist or counselor, and there's situations that you definitely do, and that's something that you got to one, like we talked about, you got to pray about and then, and then seek for yourself and ask family and friends. Yeah. And here's my one piece of advice with that. You know, when, when you're struggling with stuff, don't just, you know, go around gossiping or slandering your, your spouse either. And, and so, but don't walk it alone either. No, no. So, so my piece of advice is this is, you know, this is why you, you need to have your inner circle. And then outside your inner circle, you have your close friends and then you have the other people, mm-hmm. you know, this is something where it's like for me and my close friends, I would be, I would look at you and I would look at Devin and be like, all right, so tell me if I'm wrong in this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is what happened. Here's my response. It was I wrong in this. Mm-hmm. And I think there takes a level of humility to figure out, you know, Man, I can't believe Beth, man. She's just a jerk, and she's doing this, and she's doing that, and I can't believe it. I, man, and you're like, Mark, yeah, you no, do? this is what Janelle does, so <laughs> therefore you got to tear up because my wife does that for me. It's like, no, it's like, like, okay, so this situation happened. Am I wrong in how I responded? Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, yeah, bro, you you done messed up, hey, Ron. Like that, that's <laughs> yeah, not okay. No, but it's true, and that's and the, you got to humble yourself sometimes, and right. and that's when you can ask, like. Yo, Mark, I uh, I said this to Janelle, and this is how she reacted. What What's your thoughts on it? Yep, and like, it's learning to be wise and knowing who yeah, you can go right. to and how you go to this person. And Beth made a promise to me a while back where she goes, you know, she goes, I try really hard when we're dealing with stuff that I don't vent it hard to my 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 mm-hmm, family mm-hmm. and my sisters because I don't want them to look at you and then be like, because I mean they're going to defend their sister with their dying breath, and right. they're like, we don't, I don't want them to hate you just because we're having a bad moment, right? Like, because a lot of times we like to judge people on the moment, not on the whole picture. 100%. So, all right. What else we got, right, bro? Because so, we got to wrap this thing up. So, we're to our final point here. Whoop, whoop. All right. And then we can recap. And it's, we're 52 minutes in it. We got to start right away, man. There's a lot of content. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeez. the very last point I have is. No wonder co- we go an hour and a half. Co- cultivate a spirit of gratitude. Ooh, I like so that. When cultivate. You're, when you're navigating. You soil. When you're navigating difficulties in the marriage, you got to cultivate a spirit of gratitude. So mm. creating a rhythm. We like Ooh, to talk about we like rhythm. the rhythms. Yeah, yeah, I knew you'd like that. This, so creating a rhythm of gratitude in our hearts forces us to slow down and take note of who God is and what he has done in our lives. Mm. We are forced to take our eyes off our circumstances. We have an inclination to forget his goodness so quickly. It's why the Lord prompted our biblical forefathers and us to have ten- tangible reminders. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Psalm 107, 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithfulness endures forever. And Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure what is whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy dwell on these things Mm. do what you have uh i'm sorry do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. 
And that's the big thing right there that Paul said is dwell on these things. And all these things that, that he mentioned here of whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. This is cultivating or working that soil, tilling that soil of Mm -hmm. our hearts of thankfulness to find it's, it's like Beth, uh, said to you, uh, uh, and and a couple episodes ago, get your crap together. No, about oh. <laughs> about the hey, you're living somebody's dream. Yep, you're living somebody's dream. So in in our circumstances, when when difficulties are in the marriage, it's easy to focus on the negatives. Look for the positives that that, that are there. Rejoice, praise God, be thankful for the things that God. Look, if you got married. There's still a fighting chance it could be a good marriage, and so thank God for that. If you're breathing, hey, while you got breath in your lungs, thank God for that. You, you, there's something that could be done about that, and 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 during those difficult times, uh, you can thank God for for just even turning your mind towards Him. I mean, that's that's something we can think about because in hard times, it could, it could be really easy not to think about him. So if we think mm-hmm. about him, hey, thank you, Lord, for letting me think about you because I really need you during this time. And thank you for being my refuge. And thank you for being my shield. And thank you for being with me when I feel so hurt and all this pain. And thank you for trying to help me forgive. And thank you for helping me recognize the problems going on in my marriage. And thank you for helping me try to navigate, through the, the, the cultivate that, that heart of of gratitude, that spirit of gratitude, you got to cultivate it. And it's something that you have to work on to, to not always look upon the woes, but look upon the rights. And, and, you know, that's what David did throughout the Psalms. He would sometimes start with praise and then go into pain and then back to praise. Right. But so many times in, in those Psalms, he'd pour his heart out to God, but he said, but I will trust in the Lord. I will remember right. your goodness. I will sing of your praises. And, you know, there, there's always a thing of what's the best cure for an unthankful spirit is an attitude of gratitude for what you have. Right. You know, and that's what we talk about the kids all the time. It's like, well, just be thankful. And it's like, well, I don't like this food. Well, just be thankful you got food, bro. Just, be, I mean, now obviously, like, you know, we try to teach these elementary teaching to the kids, but there's always that that old joke of like everything you need to know for life. You're you're taught in kindergarten, and and, there, and there's true. If you treat other people the way you want to be treated, I learned to eat glue in kindergarten. <laughs> you didn't learn to eat glue in kindergarten. You had bad counsel. Oh, that is that what it was? Hey, hey, that's what it was. Macaroni I'm pretty sure that good. teacher was a lie. <laughs> hey, Chris, you know what's wise? An apple a day and a glue stick away. Keep the doctor away. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't think the teacher said that. But the apple but, helps you go and the glue stick stops you. <laughs> glue make sure you don't blow. I don't know. But but think about it, right? And so yeah. it's like in kindergarten, it's like be kind, be gentle, be right. forgiving, show grace. Um do what to others that you would have them to do them. You know, we're supposed to listen. We're, we don't want to just talk. We don't want to yell. We don't want to scream. We can't, you know, we can't, we can't be throwing hands. We can't right. be doing that. You got to use your words. You got to, well, let's talk about it. It's like, these are basic kindergarten stuff that let's be honest, when it gets hard, when the rubber meets the road, when the grind is happening, wh- whatever the stress is, whether the stress is kids, whether it's job change, whether it's a death in the spouse, moving opportunities, fears, right. uh, trauma, choices. There's so many different causes of stress mm. and challenges in a marriage. And and, and, and I want to encourage people in this, this, this fact of if you're not married, um, hopefully we didn't just scare the living daylights <laughs> out of you, but this shows how serious this marriage commitment really is. And, but if we, if people can encourage, remember that when they married somebody, 
going back to, well, why did I marry this person in the first place? Mm-hmm. What, why did I say yes to this? Cause I chose this. I chose this person to be my spouse. Now, again, if you're in, in a place where you just had arranged marriage, that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, there's, you know, the, this is the wild thing is arranged marriages have a better survival rate than non-arranged marriages do mm-hmm. because the fact that they're like, well, this is it. So we're going to learn to get together that we're going to make this happen. Mm. And because we are committed to this. And, you know, there's so many times in the dating culture, I feel like people date so much and, and they're just looking for the perfect spouse to, to be the, the, you know, the, the unicorn spouse and trying to find the perfect thing. And they're going to mm-hmm. fulfill all their needs and they're quick to quick to date slow or quick to date, quick dump and all these different dating type cultures. In reality, mm-hmm. the fact of if you're dating like that and you go into a marriage like that, you know, yes, you're a little bit more committed, but you're like, eh, this ain't working. I'm out. I'm going to split. Like, you know, right. the kids can have two pouses. It's all cool. They'll be, they'll be happy with two Christmases. Load of crap, by the way. Um, <laughs> just load of crap. And, but, but, you know, my, my, what I'm hearing all these things say is the fact of marriage is good. Going back to last episode, God designed marriage. The mm-hmm. Bible says that he who finds a wife, that's a good thing. Mark has found Beth and Chris has found Janelle and that that's a good thing. So thank you both. And but at the God. same time, <laughs> becoming a spouse and also right. becoming a parent shows you how flawed of a human individual you are. Then right. you need to make sure not that your spouse is humble enough to admit when they're wrong, but that you're humble enough to admit that you're wrong and willing to have those conversations and those growth conversations. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you love your wife the way Christ loved the church, you're willing to die to yourself. Right. And I'm I'm talking to me right now, is and if that's true. I need to die to my ego crap. I need to die to my wants and not not necessarily just my aspirations and goals. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's what it means, but it's more no. the fact of Beth and I are a team. Putting Beth above yourself. Yeah, that's Beth, Beth and I are a team, and, and, and we're doing this together. We're not... You know, competitors. Right. We're not. No. We're 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 attacking you're, you're the, same the same problems with same goal together. And if you viewed the problems in your marriage not as my spouse is the problem, but in reality, it's effective. No, this is a problem. And my spouse and I, we're going to attack the problem. Now, the problem may be connected to you, and it may be connected to her or him. But if you look at your problems as this is a problem that we're going to fight together, right? Not you're a screw up and you got to get fixed. Yep. This ain't right now. I mean, sometimes that is, that is literally the case. Like, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. That, that really is the case. But you know, at, at, at the end of the day, man, marriage is hard, but marriage is worth it. It's, it's a beautiful sanctifying process. And we can't deny the fact that troubles are going to come because they're going to come every single day. But it's how you respond to those problems really is what what can make it a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, so that's I just my, that's all I got. All right, I'm that's gonna I'm gonna recap the past two episodes and then I got a final thought and then I'm done. How's that yeah, sound? No, no, you do the recap and right. then I hit the fun fact button. All right, so Not here good. we go. Okay, so here's the recap. So uh, we talked about last episode of what constitutes a good marriage, uh, couples that help one another, right? Uh, yeah. Couples that are joined together by God, and God has defined roles for husband and wife. They should be love-centered in your marriage, and we went through all that. Then we talked about the uh, what can lead to an unhappy marriage. Number one, lack of commitment to a marriage, infidelity, constant conflict, substance abuse, financial issues, unrealistic expectations, stress, anxiety, busyness, lacking grace for each other, lack of sexual passion, and physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental abuse. So then today we talked to, started talking about uh, how to navigate through the difficulties in marriage, uh, acknowledge that the, real, uh, the reality of tough times, uh, lean on God's strength and wisdom, practice open communication, uh, extend grace and forgiveness. We talked about how to forgive, 
and then seek wise counsel, uh, and then cultivate a spirit of gratitude. And here's my final thought. Marriage is is a sacred covenant designed by God. While tough times may shake us, they also provide us an opportunity for growth, both individually and as a couple. By acknowledging the reality of tough times, leaning on God's strength, practicing open communication, extending grace and forgiveness, seeking wise counsel, and cultivating gratitude, we can weather the storms together. Remember, God is faithful, and he will see us through the tough times, making our marriage stronger than ever before. Time for Fun Facts with Philly. Oh no! I just <laughs> right in the middle of it, man. That was a big old yawn. Like, come on, get of, out! Uh, what a couple Woo! of heavy episodes. But here's the deal. I mean, we good episodes. I mean, we've been marathoning for the last six hours together, bro. Woo! Getting ready for Revive Fest. Multiple episodes. We do this because we love you guys definitely, for whatever reason. Definitely. So no, because we love you. Because we love <laughs> you. So so I know I'm tired. Me too. But I love you still, buddy. So thank you for bringing all that content. That's some yeah, good stuff. Yeah. But we cannot end the episode. Being tired and on a heavy note, because we no. gotta end this thing with some fun yeah. facts with the Fuller. So, right. Fuller, what you got to end this episode on? So, man? today's fun fact: Did you know that sloths are excellent? Like the animal sloth, like Sid the sloth, like Flash, like the Sloth's. slowest animal that yeah, thinks sloths. its arms the yeah thing, so it holds by the way they also its death. By the way, they had one at the music uh, that uh, library down here on Bittersweet, mm. and we got we walked in the library. And, it's so and, much and we fun, got, right? Oh, it was so cool. So anyway, sloths. Are, I think I didn't. I, I did that a couple years ago. That's a lot of fun. Sloths are excellent swimmers and can hold their breath for up to forty minutes underwater. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that either until I saw it on the fun facts. So a sloth can swim. And hold its breath for 40 minutes underwater. The breath thing, I believe, because it does everything it's like slow. slow. <gasps> so it breathes slow. That's fair. But That's the, crazy. The animal the 40 that, minutes? The animal that thinks its arms a tree branch so it holds onto it and it falls to its death. Can swim. Can swim. And hold its breath for 40 minutes. You got I can't it, even bro. hold my breath for 40 seconds, <laughs> let alone 40 minutes. That's a good fun fact. That's probably, yeah. That might be one of my favorite I, ones at know, this point. I know you and our I love zoo, my animal fun our facts. Zoo, our zoo friends. So. You know what else I love? What else? Our real that, life friends, Fuller. Right. Where can we find those real life friends at? Over at the Facebook group, the RTC online community, where there are thousands of other people just like you, where we have different conversations. We have some fun people like Amy, who throws in really fun, random, either or, or this or that question. We got other people who spur on some really tough conversations. And then we just got our classic jokers that are in there dropping memes all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I drop ones and I don't fully proofread it. And then Fuller's like, bro. I'm bro, like, my bro, bad. Bro, sorry, bro. I got to take that one down. And I appreciate Appreciate that because sometimes I just see go and then I said, but oh, that was bad. That was a bad word in that one. But there's so much fun happening over in the Facebook community. But follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the fun places you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. And if you haven't already, go check us out on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and the bell notification. Ding. So when we're on, you're aware. And just like always, leave a podcast review anywhere you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. And when you do, let us know. Send us an email at realtalkpersonpodcast at gmail.com, and we will get a mini swag bag in the mail for you. Well, buddy, I love you. Love you too, buddy. And listener, whoever you are, I don't know. I can't name all the names. We love you too. Thank you for hanging out for part two of the Marriage Conversation. And until next time. You guys take it easy.